Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Beautiful Monday here, the fine month of October. We left you in September. We come back in October. A new page hath been turned on the calendar of 2011. By the way, anybody know where I can get a good 2012 calendar? I'm currently in America. i got a lot of dates to fill up. That's a whole other story. Uh, 888-463-6748. Dial it up early. Dial it up often. we got football to talk about. We'll sneak in a little little bit of baseball, but it's going to be football dominant on today's show. We'll get off the sports page as well. Some interesting things and uh, topics to discuss in the world upon us. David Olson, our producer on the other side of the glass. Big Dog not checking in yet. We're hoping to hear from him in a couple of minutes. Again, phone lines are open. Dial it up. Talk some football with the coach. 888-463-6748. Let's enjoy some of the fine, rewarding music here at thetalkzone.com for about eight and a half seconds. Invigorating, inspirational, motivational. I think hospitals, psychological wards, maybe a senior citizens assisted living center should pump in some of that music. It definitely, it's uh, it's like a strong cup of coffee. It just fires you up. And it it takes it. It works. Best way I can describe it, David, it works from the inside out. It just gets you in the gut and just sucks out of every pore of your body. The hell am I talking about? <laughs> kind of like a laxative. Uh, that wasn't quite the comparison I was looking for with our uh, fine award-winning music, but uh, if you want to go that route, you can do so. All right. I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend out there, uh, sports and or otherwise. Uh, healthy, safe. We're back at you here on a beautiful Monday. Lots to talk about. And uh, I will tell you, it was uh, you know great weekend, a lot of fun, all kinds of good stuff happening. But I will tell you that uh, Saturday, at, uh, again, I taped the game. I think it was about 5, 6 o'clock as I'm watching the end of the game. My Northwestern Wildcats taking on the University of Illinois Fighting Line. I know, I know it wasn't two top ten teams playing. It wasn't the game of national proportions, but I, I would uh, challenge you to find a more entertaining or more uh, heart-throbbing game, heart-wrenching game as it went on than the uh, arch-rivals battling for, what was it, the Land of Lincoln Trophy? As the University of Illinois took on Northwestern and uh, just gut-wrenching. Literally. I mean, you use that term. I'm telling you, my gut, I don't know what it feels like, but but that my gut was wrenched. That's what it was. When Northwestern went down to defeat, and uh, they come back, you know, late to score a touchdown in a wild, topsy-turvy game. They're up 28-10. to 28-10 to in the middle of the third quarter. Got that final touchdown. Dan Persh on the touchdown pass. Persh is back. All excited, and, uh, you know, they get, they get that touchdown pass to go up 28-10, and I think, yes. And again, I hate to root against my alma mater, but that's what I'm doing. Root for Illinois just about every week of the season. Not that hard, to be honest with you. But, you know, I root for Illinois. It's where I went to school for a year and a half anyways. I'm kind of a subterfuge alma mater, if you will. But, uh, you know, Northwestern is where, is where the uh, the heart and the home is. 
28 to 10, all excited. And before I catch my breath at about a minute and a half, they drive down the field against the leakiest pass defense I've ever seen. I mean, if they, if they made a movie of Northwestern defense, uh, David, the, clearly the title of the movie would be Missed Assignments. I don't know if Ryan Gosling would star as uh, Brian Peters. Possibly a Don Cheadle stepping in for Jermaine uh, Mabron. But uh, absolutely brutal. But Illinois comes back in the fourth quarter, takes the lead, and then they fumble the ball away. Just when all was lost for Northwestern, they fumble the ball away. Big old number 21, Jason Ford. The Cats drive down and push it in with the game-winning touchdown with a minute and 13 seconds left. And as soon as I saw Jacob Schmidt grind his legs at the goal line and just battle and battle and battle for that extra yard. I knew right away, I said, hey, phenomenal effort, touchdown Northwestern, we got issues. We left too much time on the clock. If the guy wouldn't have battled so hard, if he would have went down, maybe you take a couple plays and then score the touchdown, we would have been in good shape. Of course, I kid, you can't argue the kid's effort. But that's exactly what I thought in my head, and sure enough, those that watch the game, Illinois comes down in a minute and third, they get the kickoff, good coverage by Northwestern, good field position. If you're a Northwestern fan, and the first play, First play, Illinois hits it for 30 yards to their number one receiver, A.J. Jenkins. I mean, how do you not cover the number one guy? And then Shieldhouse, I don't even want to get in the whole thing. Fans that watch it, painful, painful loss for my Wildcat. That's how I start out the show. Great weekend otherwise. Phenomenal weekend off the sports page, on the sports page. Bears win. Some good baseball action, most of which I didn't watch. Some great college football, but that was the one painful part of the weekend. And I'm telling you. It hasn't happened that many times in my sporting career. My gut was wrenched. I mean, I actually felt pain on the inside, uh, which doesn't happen too often, especially in my later years. I don't tend to take sports quite as seriously as I used to. Even the Bears defeats now, which used to when I was, you know, in the teens, 20s, even my early 30s, I would take those games much more serious. But that hasn't happened for a while. Not that I don't root for them, and I still take them serious. Just not quite as much as in my youngers. But that Northwestern game, whew, I receded the hairline a little bit more. I don't know what my life expectancy is. I'm not sure I want to know, but I think that game might have taken at least a couple of years off my life expectancy. Again, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Yesterday, the Bears did knock off the Carolina Panthers. It was not a uh, thing of beauty, but it was a, an entertaining game. Very interesting, very entertaining, especially the first half. Devin Hester, special teams getting it done. Matt Forte, great job as the running back. Over 200 yards as the Bears uh, go schizophrenic. Last couple of weeks, pass, 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 run on occasion. And uh, yesterday they completely reverse it. I think we have to inform uh, head coach Mike Mortz. There is a thing called the happy medium, but uh, hey, happy because we won the ball game, 34-29. A lot of other wild games in the NFL. We'll talk about the uh, Dallas Cowboys coming back, knocking off, or the uh, Dallas Cowboys leading big against the Detroit Lions, and for the second consecutive week, the surprise team, the miracle team of 2011, at least thus far, the Detroit Lions came back from the debt. 20 to nothing last week, 27-3 to yesterday. I mean, they got the scroll going up during the Bears game. And you're thinking the Lions aren't just losing. They're getting crushed by Dallas. And all of a sudden, second half, they come creeping back. Sure enough, touchdown pass to Calvin Johnson. Fourth quarter, Lions win the game, coming back from 27-3 to down. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, 
Got college football to talk about, too. The Wisconsin Badgers, the marquee game of the weekend, knocked off Nebraska. We'll talk about that game. Anybody that uh, watched a sea of red, that was really cool when they panned the stadium. Of course, you got Brent Musburger and Kirk Herbstrick. I love those two guys. We even got Brent saying, uh, you know, at the start of the game when they panned Camp Randall Stadium, you're looking live. That's all I need to hear on a Saturday night, those three words. You are looking, you are looking live. Those four words. <laughs> those four. You're looking live. And then you see the picture right there. And it's like, okay, I'm all settled in on a Saturday night. I got Brent. I got Kirk. I got a good football game. First half was a good game. The Badgers and Nebraska pretty competitive. Second half, all Wisconsin. And the Badgers uh, clearly, clearly have put themselves at the uh, top of the class, not just in the Big Ten and all the college football. In fact, I'm going to run, uh, if we ever get Big Dog on the line, uh, I will run my top seven teams by him to me. There's seven, and I got a question mark on number eight, that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Seven really, really good college football teams out there. Maybe an eighth. A lot of real good teams. But these seven, I mean, are top of the line. We'll talk about them. Right now, I think LSU is on top of the college rankings. I wouldn't put them number one, but they are amongst the seven. But I think they're the uh, AP and coaches poll number one team. Uh, so we'll talk about that. we got some baseball, too. I did not watch a whole lot of baseball, to be honest with you. I know Tampa Bay and the Rangers are tied up at 1-1. Yankees and the Tigers got rained out of game one, and they are uh, even up at 1-1. Tigers came back and won yesterday. And uh, the hottest team right now, the hottest team, the Milwaukee Brewer, 2-0. About to eliminate the Arizona Diamondback. Moment of silence for the Arizona Diamondback. Not over yet. Not over yet, but uh, it's a best of five, right, David, the baseball playoffs? I think the first round is a best of five, which is really weird because, you know, best of five, you know, it just it puts more credence into the regular season of baseball. You know, a team loses in a best of five. Can you really say it's a disappointing season? I mean, the Pittsburgh Pirates maybe a bad example this year. You know, the Chicago Cubs, the Baltimore Orioles, you pick your weak team out there, Houston Astros. You get in a five-game series with a team like let's not let's not take the top of the echelon right now. Let's not take the Philadelphia field. Let's take a Milwaukee Brewer. Well, I would argue that the Houston Astros and the Brewers, if you played uh, a ten five-game series, Houston's going to win two, maybe three. I mean, if you look at the baseball percentages, that's about it. So, you know, you work 162 games where the better team clearly plays out over that 162-game span. See if you're with me here. The five-game series really unfair. I think the seven games, it's still a bit of a crapshoot. But five is really double crapola. I mean, you're rolling the dice. And I don't, You know, the best team is not always going to win. The hottest team is going to win. More emphasis should be the more emphasis should be on the regular season winners in Major League Baseball. Obviously, the ultimate is the World Series. But again, I'll use the example, and I think percentages would prove me correct. In a five-game series, the worst team in baseball, Houston, would knock off the Philadelphia Phillies, the best team in baseball, probably two out of ten times. So we're not talking one out of twenty. We're not talking, you know, one out of twenty-five. Long shot could happen. Two out of ten, one out of five, 20% chance you can get knocked off, even though you are clearly the superior team. It's a five-game series. Batters can get hot. Really good pitchers can have an off game. Not three or four off game. All it takes is one off game. 
So in a sense, uh, you have to look at the World Series and the baseball playoffs that way. But uh, we'll talk a little baseball, and uh, and I still got to get the result yesterday of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals game two against the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm behind on the schedule on that one. But uh, we'll talk a little baseball, no question about it. We'll do our NFL round them up and wrap them up and uh, beat the Schmoes. Beat the Schmoes. I think the Schmoes, once again, are victorious. We've been beaten twice. I think we had caller Glenview Rick, uh, emailer, I should say, Glenview Rick last week, earlier in the uh Beat the Schmoes season early in the season. I think it was week two. We had emailer Swampret, who went 3-0. and But uh, David Olson, producer extraordinaire, you came in with yet another 2-1. and I was 2-1 and indeed. It's unbelievable. I mean, you're on like the automatic treadmill right now. Against the point spread, folks. Against the spread, David Olson, who in his year one, as a virgin, beat the Schmoes, was not pretty. It was not pretty. He went down early and often, but you talk about bounce back years. It's like pro sports and beat the schmoes. You know, one year you can completely turn it around. Two and one, two and one, three and oh, two and one, two and one. Five consecutive winning weeks. Against the spread, folks. David, I'm, I'm, you know, a couple more weeks of this and people are going to, uh, I don't want to put pressure on it, but people are going to start putting, you know, their life earnings on your picks. <laughs> Not to put yeah, pressure. I, it, it, when I flame out, I just want it to be spectacular. Like go 3 and 0 oh and 3, 0 oh and 3, 0 oh and 3, 0 oh and 3. Oh, so you're not satisfied with the 2 and 1? No, I'm perfectly satisfied with it, but I, I hope it lasts, right. but I won't be surprised if it doesn't. Just like our radio show, you, you settle for nothing less than excellence? Exactly. Okay, exactly. well, believe me, based on our ratings and our production of late or our uh, performance of late, David's been doing a lot of settling. Sorry about that. We'll keep trying for a 3 and 0 on this show, David, though. We'll keep giving it a shot. Big Dog, by the way, speaking of threes and O's. I don't know where the Big Dog is right now, but he went three and O over the weekend. The Big Dog having a phenomenal season. Again, folks, these are picks against the point spread. Beat the Schmoes. We play it every Friday in a football Friday. Arguably America's most popular uh, game. Very arguably, by the way. Big Dog went three and zero in week one. Followed that up with a two and one, two and one. Little blip in the screen last week, and not a bad one. He didn't go zero and three. Went one and two. Comes back with a three and zero this week. So his record is unbelievable. Uh, I turned it around last week after going one and two, one and two, zero and three. I went two and one last week. I thought I had turned the corner, starting to make my move, going to catch the champions from behind. Major setback this past weekend. Major setback. Very disappointing. Who let me down? The Cleveland Browns. Let me down. The St. Louis Rams against Rex Grossman of the Redskins. What is Washington right now? Three and one? Please. Rams let me down. And then I had Dallas. So I'm watching the, you know, the watching the Bears game, looking at the Dallas Detroit scroll, and I'm thinking I already got one in the bank. Nice and easy. Not a prop. Could it be a good week for beat the schmo. So I blame the Dallas Cowboys, because once Dallas started falling apart, the rest of my picks started falling apart too. I'm holding uh Jason Garrett, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys personally responsible i'll throw a little responsibility into tony romo too through two interceptions i think that both were returned for touchdowns but at any rate i um go 0-3 on beat the schmoes not very good all right 888-463-6748 the phone number coach flying solo right now you want to play co-pilot you're more than willing to do so strap yourself in and remember your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device by the way, David, I saw off the sports page real quick, Andy Rooney had a sign-off yesterday, huh? 
at the age of 92. He did, and nobody's exactly sure why. He just kind of did it. Why he signed off? Why he signed off. Did you not I mean, hear me say age of 92? But he's fully functional. He wasn't, well, from, wasn't the way, like he, from the waist up. From the waist up, but I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like the guy was slipping or anything like that. And, Sorry, Andy. And he, I mean, he had come out and said in an interview last year he was planning on doing this until he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something's going on. Like there's been there's been speculation. Uh-oh. There's been speculation that he was like forced out. Uh, I think he's terminally ill. That, really? that that's just my theory. Ooh. And he's just not telling anybody. That's kind of a morbid thought. <laughs> yeah, but he signed off uh, 60 minutes, I think 33 years. 33 years doing the commentary, yeah. Three years doing the commentary on uh, 60. And he signed off, too. I didn't see it, but apparently uh, got a little curmudgeon at the end. Like, if you see me <laughs> if you see me at a restaurant, uh, please don't come up and say hello or just let me eat my dinner. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, 92 years old. You know, that's you got to give the guy a break. But uh, Andy Rooney signing off. And um, who's going to take? Do we have anyone taking his place? Because I'd like to throw my hat in the ring. Yeah, yeah. They haven't said. They haven't said they might. So just the spot, do, they might just do away with the segment. Uh, spot could be open though. I might send a couple tapes in. Maybe our tape of uh, last week discussing uh, the Republican national debates. I think that would be award-winning radio. <laughs> David shaking his head like, sure, Coach, or whatever you say, Coach. Uh-huh. All right. 888-463-6748, the phone number, folks, dial it up. Let's start off real quick with some college football, and then uh, right after the first little uh, pause in the entertainment here, we'll definitely do our NFL round them up and wrap them up a regular segment here in the two guys in a Mike show. College football over the weekend, Oklahoma, number one team in the country. Some people say they won again over Ball State. I think that Ball State was getting 38 points. And I heard a lot of people say, hey, take Ball State, they beat Army. Ball State, a pretty good team, getting 38 points. Well, they didn't need 30. They needed about 58. I think the final score was like 63 to 10, 68 to 13, something like that. Unbelievable. Oklahoma just destroying a good Ball State team, so they're right there for you. Alabama and Florida didn't get to watch much of this game because I got it on tape watching Nebraska-Wisconsin go. When you're watching that game on tape, it's hard to flip back and forth for the tape machine. But Alabama, as uh, the Big Dog predicted, Big Dog was right on on this one. Alabama, too good for Florida. At the Swamp, in front of the Florida Gator fans, very good Florida team, but Alabama, too good, too strong, too fast, too quick, as Stacey King would say. And uh, Alabama's put themselves right in the upper echelon. If anybody doubted, they knock off Florida. Auburn over South Carolina. To me, uh, right now, the two of the greatest joys in college football are to watch Brian Kelly and Notre Dame when things go wrong or when they lose. And very close second, maybe even first. It's, it's back and forth between Kelly and Spurrier. To watch Steve Spurrier lose a game. To watch the face of a Steve Spurrier, which goes like Lemonhead, like he's sucking lemons when things go bad. Auburn knocks off South Carolina 16-13. Gamecocks, they had thoughts. They had thoughts of being national champions this year. I mean, they were that good. Auburn comes in and knocks them off 16-13. A little bit of discrepancy, a little bit of controversy at the end of the game about clock management. I think... Uh, Steve Spurrier chasing down the referees, arguing there should have been time for one more play left. The referees said, thank you very much, Mr. Spurrier, but I don't think so. 
But either way, Auburn 16, South Carolina 13, and a pained, pained expression like, how with my super large ego can my team be beaten? Steve Spurrier, that was uh, that was fun to watch. Unfortunately, I couldn't see Brian Kelly in pain this weekend because his Notre Dame Fighting Irish had their way with Purdue. By the way, there's just to go along with my 0-3 prediction, just to uh, saddlebag with my 0-3 prediction, I did earlier on predict Purdue to be the surprise team of college football this year. Well, maybe not college football, but the Big Ten. That prediction is not looking real good right now. They better turn it around in a hurry. Goodness gracious, the Purdue Boilermaker. What the heck has happened? I know they got quarterback problems and stuff, but uh, I thought Danny Hope and company were going to turn the program around this year. Not happening. Not happening. Notre Dame all over Purdue, 38-10. to 10. Clemson. Clemson. I'm going to give you the Super 7 in college football right now, and I'm going to put the Clemson Tiger right in there, folks. We said, you know, after the last couple of weeks, they beat Auburn. Who else they beat? One other uh, really good team. Was it West Virginia? You know, not many people, they're sneaking up in the rankings. They're getting some respect, but not many people talking about the Clemson Tigers. They knock off Virginia Tech, a good Virginia Tech team. Rank number eight, 23-3, to three. no low contesto, my friend. 23-3, to three. yes, it's time uh, without hesitation to put Clemson in the team picture for top teams in the country, dominant team, however you want to describe them, they are. They are in that class right now. Welcome the Clemson Tigers. And they've often been a pretty good team on the outside looking in. Well, they're, right now they're on the inside of the bubble looking out at the rest of the crew. Arkansas, maybe the best game of the weekend. Arkansas knocked off Texas A&M 42-38. to That was an outstanding game. We already talked about Wisconsin uh, knocking off Nebraska. Wow, 48-17. Big second half. Monty Ball got uh, four running touchdowns. The uh, crowd was absolutely Phenomenal. Russell Wilson, who's the big dogs candidate for Heisman Trophy winner, was, uh, he was, he was good. I wouldn't say he was great, but he was definitely very, very good. He's still at least in the team picture, uh, for the Heisman Award. So you're super seven right now in college football. I think there's been a little separation. And I would argue these seven teams have, uh, separated themselves from the pack. And that is Wisconsin, Clemson, we've already mentioned them, Boise State. Yeah, you got to put them in that category. Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, no doubt about them. And for those folks that have fallen asleep when they play, that would include me, the Stanford Cardinal just absolutely ripped apart. Ricky Neuheisel and the UCLA Bruins, by the way, moment of silence for Rick Neuheisel, as uh, the guy keeps getting hired, but he hasn't won, I don't think, at any job like in about 15 years. But he's got the name. He's got the pedigree. Still looks like he's 25 years old. He's got the charisma and everything, but uh, I think the UCLA career of Rick Neuheisel is about to close down. But Stanford, Andrew Luck and company, not missing a beat after Jim Harbaugh moved to the San Francisco 49ers, and they'll be highlighted on our NFL roundup up and wrap them up. What a weekend. What a, a Sunday comeback for the 49ers. But Stanford hadn't missed a beat. Without Harbaugh, they're crushing opponents. They crush a pretty good UCLA team. Andrew Luck, absolutely ridiculous in that game. He's your leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy. I'll put Stanford in that top seven. Team on the bubble. Team on the bubble, the closest one to break into that Super 7 right now is Oklahoma State. I don't quite put them there, but close, but close. But I think, uh, you know, the rest of the group, 
has dropped back a pack or two. It's those seven, I think, that are going to battle it out for your national championship this year. All right, when we come back, we'll do a little NFL roundup, up, wrap up, David. We'll take a uh, quick break here, talkzone.com. Coach flying solo. Again, the phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. Back in a minute. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. On the other side of the glass. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone welcome back to guys and a mic show coach flying solo here and now uh, we're going to get to the nfl round them up and wrap them up in just a uh, second chicago bear fans is our show emanating out of the city of chicago we tend to have a slight if not significant vent to uh, chicago sports but we uh, take them all in folks wherever you might be calling from, again, via the Internet, the show uh, flying out to seven different continents. Hard to believe, but we are being heard in seven different continents through the wonders of the Internet. And also, I believe we're still attempting to get into Idaho and Wyoming, which many people will call the uh, eighth continent. But we're trying. We're working on it. Apparently, the cell connection is not that good. Even though it's Internet, we're still talking cell connection. David Olson, debut of... uh, Bunch of movies over the weekend. We got the whole fall preview movies coming out. I don't know if any have been uh, particularly effective. And I know you're our movie expert. Real quick before we get to the NFL, round them up and wrap them up. Any uh, big hit movies out there that we need to be aware of? Uh, one of the bigger surprising hits is A Dolphin Tale, which took the box office this weekend. It was actually released last week and came in like you know uh, maybe third. But there was very positive word of mouth, and it Animated? took the box office. No, no, no. It's it's uh, it's real action. Um, Morgan Freeman, Ashley Judd. It's about a dolphin that gets a prosthetic tail. It's a family. It's a family film, and it's doing really, really well. On the other side of things, Fifty uh, Fifty with uh, Seth Rogen. Yep. Tanked. Got good reviews though. Tanked. Interesting. That's the movie about the kid who's got his friends got cancer, and it's yep. part. Heartwarming and it's part comedy and how they handle his particular yeah. comedy. Yeah, uh, Seth Rogen wrote that one. It's it actually happened with him and a friend, and mm-hmm. that's what he based it on. Oh, based on a true story. Has Seth Rogen lost the uh, same amount of weight that um, who's the dude from Moneyball? Jonah Hill. He yeah. actually lost more at one point, but he looks like he's kind of put some of it back on because he lost all that weight when he did the uh, Green Hornet. Which came out about a year ago. He was in the Green Hornet? He was in the Green Hornet. Oh, boy. It actually was surprisingly good. 
I caught it on cable the other day, a couple of weeks back, and it, it was surprisingly good. Hmm. Morgan Freeman and Ashley Judd. They've been together in a few movies. There was one. What's they that? actually did. They actually did two. At least one a was, couple. One was called Kiss the Girls, and then there was one other one. I, I don't recall the name of it. But yeah, that was back in Ashley Judd's heyday back in the right. you know, mid to late nineties. Right. Long time fan, you know. For me, every every movie, every day is a heyday for Ashley Judd. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I haven't long seen time her. fan. <laughs> you haven't seen her recently. Got, uh, apparently, got, I have not. Got kind of too friendly with the Uh-oh. plastic surgeon. Uh oh. I mean, she's not that old either. She's she's like right around my age. Was but she hanging around with Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen? I I don't know, but she's got she's got the. She's got the cat, the cat face going because ah, she's had a, a couple too okay. many tucks already. Yeah, we'll have her talk to Joan Rivers. Everything will be fine. She's going to the wrong person. That's all. Little nip and a tuck, not a problem at all. All right. Anybody saw any movies out there? Again, we're always uh, more than anxious to jump off the sports page. Feel free to give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. By the way, speaking of thumbs up and thumbs down, uh, and I haven't had a good book in a long time, but I'm thinking of getting me a copy of uh, Roger Ebert. He's got a book out. I think it's called Life Itself. Huge fan of Roger Ebert. I yeah. read his blog every day. He's such a wonderful writer. Uh-huh. And, of course, if you know Roger Ebert right now, that's all he can do. Because because of the throat cancer, he has lost his ability to speak. Uh, so his communication is via the written word. Apparently the book is uh, it's, it's a little wordy, people say, but it's, but it's pretty cool. And the experiences he's had from start to the uh, finish of career, including his relationship with Gene Siskel. Again, I, I've gotten out of the book mode, uh, David. I've been doing a, a lot of the magazine. I'm up on the time, up about the Newsweek, got my current event magazine. Have not had a good book lately. Rich, uh, not Richard Roper. Roger Ebert's Life Itself might be my next read. Feel free if you want to uh, get me a holiday present. The It's not too early, David. Not too early for the Christmas season. You want to get out of the game. What are we at, October 3rd? I do most of my holiday shopping, by the way, about December 24th. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm the opposite. I picked up a couple things for the kids over the weekend. You are a sick man. Well, it was, it was there, and it's like, hey, might as well start getting it now because, yeah. you know, they don't they don't stock like they used to. And, we, you know, we pay attention and we learn mm-hmm. that, that, you know, especially when it comes to toys, they put all that stuff on sale now. And you, got it, you get it before Thanksgiving because after Thanksgiving – they won't put the they won't put the stuff on sale anymore. Crowds are less now. The lines are down. It's, it's a good theory, no question about it. It's just uh, it's way too organized. It's way too much for forefront thinking for me, especially when it comes to shopping. Something I truly despise. But then you got to have a key hiding place now, where the kids can't find. Your kids are pretty young, but it gets a little more challenging when they hit like that seven or eight nine spot. I know my wife had to. Uh, you know, keep keeping the presence hidden from the kids can be a little bit tricky. But right now, you're pretty. You got a good spot. You got a little crawl space. Oh, we did in one of the extra bedrooms. We just put them up on the top shelf in the closet. Okay. They, don't, they, don't, they don't know to look up there. There you, you know? go. There you go. Speaking of crawl spaces, by the way, any Breaking Bad fans from last week? Now you and me are both a week behind, but the uh, Emmy Award-winning Breaking Bad really hitting intensity level on last. Week's segment uh, was all and about. I guess, the I guess it got even more. I'm trying to like avoid it because I guess it got even more amped up last night because yeah. this coming weekend is the season finale. Okay, so we got to catch up from yesterday's show. 
just like the yeah, football exactly. games. I'm taping exactly. everything, running a little bit behind, but boy, good stuff. Apparently, you know, the hectic pace, that last 15 minutes of the episode mm. last week, that's the way the whole episode was this week. It, it starts right off from that? Yeah. Yeah, right where you, right where it left off. Oof, all right. So better settle in for a good one. All right. Well, and on demand, I think you have to wait a day, so I won't be able to catch it until uh, tomorrow. But uh, Breaking Bad, outstanding show out there. Some of the new fall shows, I uh, have not seen too many of them. I don't know what's getting great reviews or not. Probably a little bit early. The shows have been out there for uh, maybe one or two times, but we'll check a- Actually, it's not. They're starting to get the get the uh, renewals already. Like the, like the new shows? Yeah. How yeah, can you get renewal? They've only been on once or twice. Well, exactly. Um, Fox already gave a full season pickup to uh, the new girl with uh, uh, Zooey Deschanel. Yeah. God bless you. Oh. <laughs> Who has a famous sister, too, right? Right. Her sister's on Bones. Okay. Her, her sister's the star of Bones, and this is... Uh, Never seen Bones in my life, but I'll take your word for it. All right. But that, that seems kind of weird after one or two. What? New Girl's been on for two weeks. Two weeks, but the ratings have been huge for it. They've been huge. So they already. Fox, so, yeah, so they renewed it already. Wow. I mean, that's that's like in football. You know, a rookie has a good first game for a good first couple of games, and boom. Sign him to a three, four year yeah. contract. You'd think, you know, hey, maybe let well, the show it, go for it, four or five it's weeks. It's even more interesting. It's even more interesting to watch which is going to be the first show to get axed. Again, after a couple of weeks? Yep. You know, you don't wait. You don't waste money now with the money involved in these things. Well, but they've already produced the shows, haven't they? Uh, no, some some of them you know, they're only three or four in the can. Some of them they might have only produced six. You know, the most most shows get a thirteen, you know, six to thirteen episode order mm-hmm. initially. And if they do well, they get another thirteen. They or, or you get a you get a back the back nine. You get nine more episodes. Mm. Television media critic David Olson. You can uh, read more about David in his blog. No, we don't have a blog yet, do we? We do not have a blog. We need no. to have that on the two guys in a mic uh, so. site. But uh, all right, if there's no reading the blog, you got to talk to him personally or listen to him every Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total, right here on the two guys in a mic show. All right, real quick, uh, thank you very much, David, for that update. I was not pleased with most of it, but. Apparently, that's the news that's happening out there. Dolphin Tail. We'll have to check that movie out. Um, NFL Roundup Up and Wrap Up. Again, we talked about the uh, Chicago Bears knocking off the Carolina Panthers 34-29. to It was all about, really, two guys. Two guys were the uh, main stars of the program for the Chicago Bears. Matt Forte having a great game. Boy, is he an improved runner. I mean, he had a good rookie year. His second year was not so good. Last year was kind of more about, boy, he is just, he has got the vision this year. He's got that bounce ability. He looks a little bit quicker, getting into open space. The offensive line did a nice job of run blocking yesterday. But, boy, Matt Forte, you talk about improved runners. He has really stepped up his game. No doubt about it. Forte over 200 yards. Over 200 leading rusher of the day in the NFL football. So congrats to him. And then Devin Esther again, who we're almost getting used to as a special team star, but he did it again yesterday. A kickoff return, I think, went for about 65 yards, put the Bears in great field position. And then a punt return where it looked like nothing was going to happen, but nobody can turn nothing into greatness quicker. Faster and more exciting than Mr. Devin Hester, number 23. He did that again for the Chicago Bears. Special teams, big part of the play for the Bears. Hester was outstanding. Julius Peppers and uh, 
Charles Tillman, I think, combined for a punt block or a field goal block. Save the Bears three points, considering they won by four. We'll call that a, a pretty big field goal block. So special teams was outstanding for the Bears. Cam Newton, by the way. And again, any Bear fans out there you want to chime in, 888-463-6748. Chime away. Love to hear you. Phone lines are open. Give us a call, 888-463-6748. But that was my first look at um, the NFL version of Cam Newton, and I think like most people, similar to most people, pretty impressed. And you can even tell Brian Billick, the color commentator, he's getting to be a really good listen, by the way. I thought an excellent job of announcing by uh, Brian Billick. Really brings up some good stuff. Colorful, but also insightful. He's, uh, you know, talkative without getting overwordy. In his early days, he was still a little bit kind of feeling his way from coach to announcer. Now he's a full-fledged announcer. Very, very good job. But similar to Brian Billick and similar to uh, most of the fans out there, very, very impressed with Cam Newton. Boy, does not play like a rookie. Very cool. Very calm. Stand and deliver. Name of an award-winning movie, that's exactly what Cam Newton does. He stands and he delivers. Boy, he stands tall in that pocket, which for him to stand tall, basically all he has to do is stand up straight, which he does. No happy feet, no panic. Jay Cutler. But he just stands in that pocket very, very solid. By the way, the bear pass rush, not so good yesterday. Not so good. Not a lot of pressure on Cam Newton. Julius Peppers. Hello, Julius. The field goal block was nice, but we need some consistent pressure. If you're going to be an NFL first team all defensive end, you got to play better than that. Sorry. Henry Melton. Not bad. Anthony Adams. Need some more push. Come on, Anthony. Push some people back. Matt Tuima. Big number 75. The flying Samoan. Got to make a little bit more of an impact. Israel Adonijah. Has anybody seen Israeli Adonijah? Israeli Adonijah, please report to the Missing Persons Bureau. Haven't seen him make a uh, impact for a while. So the uh, defensive line is going to have to step up their game uh, starting next Monday. They're going to have to rush Matt Stafford, or he will take our secondary apart. But getting back to Cam Newton, very solid, folks. Very, very solid. This guy's got loads of potential. And what you like so much about him is even though he can run, he's not super fast, but definitely athletic. He can get away from the rush. Doesn't do it. Stays in the pocket. He only uses the run as a must-do. Or if it's a set play call. But he stands in the pocket and oh boy, arm strength. Very, what I would call smooth strength. I mean, he can put it there on a dime, 25 yards right between two defenders, and he does it effortlessly. But that ball gets there like a, like a scud missile. Beautiful. I mean, you can see his accuracy is still a little bit of a work in progress. He did miss some passes he overthrew, but uh, confidence was. And I like the fact that uh, the Carolina Panthers are not babying the guy. They're not. They're not dumbing down the game plan for. He's really intelligent. They ran like you know a bunch of different sets, bunch of different looks, including the option and the belly ride. Some college looks, if you will. They threw a lot at Cam Newton. Obviously, he is able to handle it, and they let him throw downfield. They let him throw into traffic. They got a lot of confidence in this kid. They lost the ball game, but they clearly, clearly have a quarterback. Let's just hope uh, Cam Newton can stay healthy. He's pretty fun to watch. Uh, Jay Cutler, uh, easy day for him. Didn't throw that much. Got over 100 yards passing, not too much, but uh, 
really didn't have to do a whole lot as Matt Forte ran for a couple of hundred yards. Cutler threw his traditional interception by overthrowing defensive back. But, uh, you know, that's, that's you got to have one or two of those a game if you're Jay Cutler. Hopefully we can uh, dial that down next week because one or two of those against the Detroit Lions might be one or two too many. Steve Smith. A lot of Bear fans remember him. Steve Smith, eight catches yesterday. hundred, what do we got here? 181 yards. In every one of the catches, by the way, I don't know if you were watching the game, every one of the catches, he's got to get up and, you know, do the point thing, and, you know, the arms raised, twirling around, pumping his fist, doing the hole. And, you know, I'm all about getting excited. I like the passion of football, wide receivers, you know, dangerous position. They make a big play. There's no question they should be happy about it. But every single catch, you have to go through those um, hydrogenics, if you will. Not sure if hierogenics is a word, but I kind of like saying it. We're going to stick with it. But, uh, you know, Steve Smith, again, love the passion, love the excitement, but, you know, dial it down a little bit. Maybe every other catch. <laughs> That'd be good. Maybe catches of 20 yards or more, not like eight yards over the middle. But whatever it is, Steve Smith, if he could play against the Bears every week, if he could play against the Bears every week, he would be a, a first-team All-Pro consistently. He already is probably. Right? If they voted right now, based on first four games of the year, he's first-team All-Pro, no question about it. But this kid kills the Bears. What was it, the playoffs uh, three years ago? Four years ago when the Bears just couldn't cover Steve Smith. It's like, hello, guy's killing us. You might want to cover him, and he was just wide open. It reminded me of my beloved Northwestern team this weekend. Where you got number eight, A.J. Wilson, just, just, A.J. Jenkins, I'm sorry, running all over the place, unguarded. I know you got your schemes, I know you got your zone sets, your cover twos, whatever they might be. I understand all that, but if the other team's got a hot receiver and the quarterback's throwing them consistently, cover the damn guy. Forget about your cover two or your scheme, or play your same defense. But take one guy and say, hey, number 32, number 27, Billy, Tom, Sam, whatever your name is, your job is to, wherever number eight is, you stay with them. We're going to make them beat us without throwing to their best receiver. So you set up your 10-man defense, and you got one guy that's just shadowing their best player. All right? Sound ridiculous, but I guarantee you for Northwestern and for the Bears trying to defend Carolina Panthers, by the way, they rolled up 539 yards, you know, would have been a lot more effective. So maybe we need to come up with the 10-person, sort of like the basketball version of the box and one. See, I create defensive genius as the, as the show goes on here. This is stuff that just comes to mind. I'm trying to help out all the defensive coordinators out there. The basketball version of the box and one. 10-person defense, zone it up with one guy guarding the hot receiver. Not that hard. Not that complicated. All right, enough of that nonsense. Bears did give up 539 yards. Defense was not great, but they still win the ball game, 34 to 29. By the way, on the final touchdown, David, I, the point spread. Correct me if I'm wrong. When I was going to ask Big Dog this, who knows the point spreads better than the, the two of us? That final garbage touchdown, if you want to call it, by Carolina, did that ruin the spread? I think it might have. I think it might have. Let's see if we got it here. Bears. Panther Bears by six and a half, so it did. See, this is why you don't want to know. You know, we play beat the schmoes, and it's a game for 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 fun, okay? But obviously, there's a lot of people that that bet out there and they bet for real. The, yeah. the, the closing point spread was seven. 
Either way, six Either and way. a half, seven. That yeah. last touchdown killed the people betting on the Bears. It did indeed. See? And that's why I could never bet for real money. Because you got the game one and basically it was a garbage touchdown. And stuff like that throws the complete spread out. So that, that touchdown pass, again, I think it came with four seconds left. Four seconds left, and now all the people betting on the Chicago Bears lose. On the other hand, a lot of happy, happy people that bet on the Carolina Panthers. Easy come, easy go when it goes to the uh, your payroll on betting. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, as my voice is wearing on here, we're going to do the NFL round them up and wrap them up. We'll start with the Detroit-Dallas game. We'll try to cover each of the games as quick as we can. Uh, coach flying solo today. Phone lines are open. You want to play the part of the co-pilot? More than welcome to do so. If we like you, we might even keep you on. Myself or the big dog could be fired. You could be a co-host on this show. Eh. 888-463-6748. Back in about 32.5 seconds. Who's counting? are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone too bad we're right at 32.5 seconds we hit it right on the head david olson and then mr announcer man had to come on and interrupt him and i ruined it but we're right there this show is precision folk 32.5 seconds on the break very very impressive all right nfl Round them up and wrap them up quickly over the games from yesterday. We already talked about phenomenal comeback again. Again by the Detroit Lions down 27 to 3. Are you kidding me? They come back and win 34 to 30. Calvin Johnson with the game winning touchdown. I read, and this surprised me a little bit. First NFL receiver in, in history. Goes back a few ways, folks. Back a few years. First NFL receiver in history to catch two touchdown passes. Two touchdown passes, first four games of the year. That surprised me. It's a pretty amazing feat, but I didn't think it was that amazing. But uh, there it is. You got Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson combining big comeback win, 34-30. to Troy Aikman threw a couple of huge interceptions. Returned by Detroit Defenders. Lions 4-0 and on the season. They're the talk of the town, folks. Don't forget, three years ago they went 0-16. You got to love it. You gotta love it. I would argue as an NFL traditionalist, the NFL is a better place when the Detroit Lions are a good football team. Still got my football card of Mike Lucci. David, you're too young to remember him. You had the great linebackers back then. It was, uh, uh, Nitschke, Tommy Nobis, and Dick Butkus. The three great linebackers back in the 60s, but right behind them, right behind them was a guy named Mike Lucci, played for the Detroit Lions. Oof. Everything that the word linebacker personifies and signifies, Mike Lucci and his football card, he was hunched over in that perfect tackle position. Had many lonely teenage years spent with me and the Mike Lucci football card. All right, moving along. 
Moving along in the NFL roundabout, wrapping up Green Bay Packers continue red hot, 49-23 over the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers, no question about it, best player in NFL football right now. That's right, I said it. I said it a while ago, and I don't think anybody can argue it right now. Aaron Rodgers, best player in NFL football right now. If not hands down, at least a hand down. I mean, he's right there for you. 408 yards, four touchdown passes. He ran for a couple of touchdowns. Packers, by the way, have won 10 consecutive games. I told you they're going to go 15-1 and this year. I might not be that far from the truth. Upset special, uh, not that much of an upset, but the Kansas City, the Chiefs, no longer the laughing stock of NFL football. They beat Minnesota 22-17 to as they hand off the laughing stock football to the Vikings, who are now 0-4. Matt Cassell, 52 yards to Dwayne Bow midway through the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs, Chiefs win! Chiefs win! Kansas City's on the board. Matt Castle, nice job right there. How about San Francisco? Jimmy Harbaugh and the 49ers down to Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia is the team, David, that spent all the money in the offseason. Got all the superstars. You're wondering if the parts are going to fit into place. You talk about chemistry for a team. Well, all the, the doubts that the fans had, all the doubts that some of the experts had, are thus far, and again, four games into the season, you don't want to make too many conclusions, but thus far of the season, coming to fruition. Because the Philadelphia Eagles look like a somewhat discombobulated bunch. Talented, but uh, clearly clearly all parts not working in the same uh, smooth motion. San Francisco was down 23-3 to in the third quarter. Game is at Philadelphia. Now what odds could you have gotten at that point? The 49ers, weak team, down 23-3, to NFL powerhouse Philadelphia at Philadelphia. Probably 70 to 1, 60 to 1, maybe 100 to 1, 23 to 3. Well, you know the rest of the story. San Francisco comes back and wins the game 24 23. The Philadelphia field goal kicker, Alex, is at Henry. Missed a couple of field goals late in the game. San Francisco's Frank Gore scores about three minutes left. 49ers, Jimmy Arbaugh and company, amazing comeback, and they win at 24-23. Houston Texans knock off the Pittsburgh Steelers. I told you, start of the season, the Steeler magic is going to uh, wind down a little bit, and that's exactly what's happening this year. Another team on the rise. They're not quite the Cinderella story, the Detroit Lions, but they're right there for you. The Houston Texans knock off Pittsburgh 17-10. to Roethlisberger. Big Ben put on the turf five times as the Houston defense. That's Wade Phillips and company. New D coordinator. They got a 3-4 defense. Switched out of the 4-3. Doesn't matter if it's 3-4-4-3-5-2-5-3-6-4. Hey, ready, set, blue, 49, set, set, split left. California, ready, set. Doesn't matter what alignment they've got. The Houston Texans were all over the Pittsburgh Steelers defensively. Arian Foster, by the way, chipped in with 155 yards. His best effort of the year. Houston knocks off Pittsburgh. Notice how we didn't say upset. Not this year. Not this year. Houston beats Pittsburgh 17 to 10. Tennessee knocked off Cleveland 31 to 30. 36 year old Matt Hasselback. I love what uh, Matt Munchick, the, uh, head coach of the Tennessee Titans said, Hey, we, we didn't bring Hasselback here to retire. To fade into the limelight. We thought he could still play. Well, you know what, Coach Matt, you are exactly right. He can still play. Hasselback has led the Titans to a three and one record, three first half touchdowns. Tennessee put Cleveland away early. And the Titans are a little bit of a surprise team right now. Cincinnati and Buffalo. You kidding me? Cincinnati comes back to beat Buffalo 23 to 20. They were down two touchdowns. So Buffalo. A team that has uh, come back and had some miracle finishes. They get the tables turned on them. They're beating Cincinnati. They let up a little bit, 23-20. 
This game was the uh, thick, the only game of the day that finished on a buzzer beater. Mike Nugent, who I feel like he's been kicking in the NFL for about 47 years, but Mike Nugent kicks a uh, 43-yard field goal, 43-yarder at the buzzer. Bengals knock off the Buffalo Bills, so a little bit of the star power of the Buffalo Bills have been down. Hey, Dave, real quick, check for me the Monday night game, the Ravens and the Jets, because I do not have a report on that one just yet. New Orleans knocked off Jacksonville. Not much to talk about here. Basically, New Orleans is a better team than Jacksonville, and they beat them 23-10. to Washington over St. Louis, 17-10. to The Redskins defense. Redskins getting after seven sacks by the Washington Redskins as they put Blaine Gebert on the ground early and often. Jacksonville shot down. Washington wins it 17-10. to Rex Grossman successful. Right now as a quarterback, he's not exactly burning up the league, but very successful uh, as the Redskins, I think, moved their record up to 3-1. New England knocked off Oakland 31-19. Yes, sir. Uh, Baltimore won big, 34-17. Wow. Ravens overthrow the New York Jets all of a sudden. Yep. Yep, the defense destroyed Mark Sanchez. Two weeks in a row where the Ra- uh, the Jets are falling apart. And Baltimore Ravens, I know they got a loss to their credit. They basically have been dominant against three good teams in three games, and they lost, I forget who, a horrible loss in week two. Yeah, three defensive touchdowns. For the Ravens. For the Ravens. Woo! Three. Three. What was the final? 34-17. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, the Ravens, you got you got to talk about the Ravens, one of the top five, maybe top three defensive. teams. In the end, maybe the next best team to the Packers. Probably got to put, if you had to put top teams right now, you could almost say that like, I had my uh, college football seven that have separated. I think there's four NFL teams that might have separated themselves from the bunch. Maybe. Is going to put New England in that category? I don't know. Maybe. But clearly the Packers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the New Orleans Saints. Not ready to put the Lions quite in that category. They're in the next group. I don't know if I even put the Patriots in that group. Well, uh, you're right. You're right. I think I'll put the Patriots in the So there's three teams. That are above and beyond right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely the Packers, the Ravens. Saints? Pretty good. <sighs> Pretty good. Pretty good, maybe. But, I, yeah, if I had to go with my power rankings right now, Packers 1, Baltimore Ravens 2. you got to think that week 2 was just a, a nip in the butt. All right, what else we got? San Diego knocking off Miami 26-16. to The Chargers not having the horrible first part of the season like they normally do. Yes, sir. And the rumor is that uh, Tony Sperano is going to be shown the door today. Oof. Today. 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 Could be yeah, a rough yeah, day yeah. for the, the ownership. Made it kind of clear yeah. in the off season if they get off to a slow start, he's yeah. done. So yeah. his press conference for today was canceled. Uh oh. So that's not good. That is not good. That, and then there'll probably be another press conference that won't include him that will be scheduled. Not good. Moment of silence, if we could, for Tony Sperano, who, by the way, is a pretty good coach. Pretty good coach. He, uh, there's a lot of coaches that have failed first time around that have succeeded second time. Are you listening, Bill Belichick? So I would not write off the career of Tony Sperano. I actually think he's a pretty good coach. Came over from Dallas, but uh, sometimes that first time experience can be a rough one. But the Dolphins off to, as David alluded to, a pretty tough start. Atlanta knocked off Seattle 30 to 28. The guy the Falcons traded what four draft choices for? To move up in the uh, pick so they could get Julio Jones first three weeks of the season. Not a lot for Julio Jones. Like, where are you, Julio? But he was still kind of maybe a little bit figuring out the NFL game. Matt Ryan wasn't quite on his game. Well, with breakout Sunday for Julio Jones.
Because you knew it was a matter of time before this guy would become a flat-out star. 11 catches. 11 catches, 127 yards. Big day for him, Matt Ryan. 30 or uh, 28 out of 34, I believe. Great passing day by Matt Ryan. 290-some yards. Atlanta Falcons knock off Seattle. Barely. Seahawks gave him a run, 30-28, to the final on that game. How about the Giants knocking off Arizona, folks? NFL round them up and wrap them up. Regular segment here every Monday in the two guys at a mic show every Monday that football is going on. It's very hard, by the way, to do the NFL round them up and wrap them up, say, in March when there's no football. We're good, but we're not that good. But we do it each and every Friday, or each and every uh, Monday, rather, of the football season. Our NFL round them up, wrap them up. Giants knocked off Arizona 31-27. to They were down 27-17. Came back with a couple of touchdowns. Eli Manning. A couple of touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. And uh, the Giants, a little surprising. A lot of people thought they might struggle a little bit this year, knock off the Arizona Cardinal. Pretty good game, 31-27. So there it is. Your NFL roundup, up, wrap up. Overall, heck of a day. I mean, it's not going to go down like uh, the baseball about four days ago where you call it one of the great single evenings of uh, – Major League Baseball in its history. The, certainly this week of NFL football was not up in that category, but pretty good, folks. Pretty good. You got you got your. I mean, you got a nice setting after four games. If you're a stage director, if you're a theater director, if you're a scriptwriter, not bad because you got your powerhouse team. You got your team to beat right now. That's the Green Bay Packers. You got some worthy contenders. You got your upstart surprise teams: the Buffalo Bills, the Dow, uh, the uh, Detroit Lions. You got some up and coming young stars right there. You got some fading favorites that, you know, can they hang on? Teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, teams like the Philadelphia Eagles. You got a pretty good script after four games of the NFL season. We don't know which way it's going to go. The only thing we do know is things will change, of course, over the next 12 games. Everything's not going to stay where it is, but I would argue after four games, you got a pretty good scenario set up and uh, very exciting. Week four of the NFL football season. Again, you want to make some comments, Coach? Minus the big dog today, 888-463-6748, the phone. And we got to wrap it up today. We'll be back at you at 10 o'clock tomorrow. We appreciate your listening. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, great job as always. Thanks. We'll see you at 10 o'clock tomorrow, and uh, don't be late.